Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope, that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Well, today's going to be a really exciting morning. We get to do these a few times a year where we really celebrate what God has done in people's lives. It's my prayer for you that you would always understand and know that your relationship with God does not have to be based through the person up here on the stage. It's that you actually have your own personal relationship with God, that God cares about your life, God cares about what you're going through, God cares about your story. The title of what we're talking about today is leaning into this phrase, something that changed my life. This moment that God really became real in our life. The moment that we were going through something where we felt like giving up, but something held us up and that something had a name and that name was Jesus. I want you to know today that no matter what's going on in your life, God is with you today. It may be your first time in church in a long time. Maybe you have doubts or questions about this whole thing. I want you to know that you're welcomed here. I want you to know that you always belong here before you believe because your story matters to us and your story matters to God. Really what this day comes out of is one of the most encouraging verses for the, in the Bible for me. Revelations chapter 12, verse 11, it says this, it's gonna be up on the screen, it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Now we know today that we are here because of the blood of Jesus that was poured out on the cross for me and for you. It's not just something we celebrate once a year during Easter time, it is the most important moment in history where the Son of God gave his life for you and me and then conquered death in three days to give us freedom and forgiveness that we are walking in today. And what we lean into is also this idea that we can overcome by the word of our testimony. Testimony is a really important word that details out how important it is to talk about what God's done in our life. How God has brought us from here to here. How God has performed miracles and moved in our life in a way we never thought possible. Here's something to maybe write down today. It's that someone can always argue with you in your life about whether or not God is real or about this whole church thing, but what they can never argue is the experience of life change that God has brought you through in your life. What they can never argue is the fact that God brought you from someone who was broken, lost, insecure, depressed, anxious, whatever you were, how God brought you out of that into healing and restoration, forgiveness and strength and freedom, a son and daughter of God. No one can ever argue with that because it's visible, it's real. I was just talking to someone first service who literally just saw a medical miracle in their life where doctors are like, hey, we can't do any more tests because there's nothing wrong with you anymore. That you walked in one way, but something's happened. And I told them, no, not something, someone happened. And it's the fact that we prayed for you in Jesus' name day after day, week after week, and God moved in your life in a very real and miraculous way. And no one can argue that. No one can argue the doctor's report. No one can argue where God has brought you from. And maybe you're in here today, and I don't know, maybe you're saying, I don't know where God's brought me from. Well, today you're going to hear three stories that I believe you can identify with, that I believe you can lean into and pay attention to and realize that, yes, I can overcome 
whatever's going on in my life right now because of what Jesus did, but also because of my story. I want you to know your story is not done. Your story is it's gonna be up on the screen. Your story matters. Turn to the person next to you, give them an elbow and say, hey, your story matters. And I want you to know that today. Your story, we do a lot of left and right talking, you know, just because it's more of a conversation than just some, someone talking at you, right? And in just a second, I'm gonna pray and, and introduce uh, some of our people that are gonna be sharing with us today, some of your friends, some of your family. Uh, but I, I think it's so important to remember that we're a part of this story, that our generosity and our prayers make stories like this possible. Yesterday, my wife and I, we were at a, a little guy's birthday, a young family from our church here, and it was super fun, just great to be outside, and our son Shepard had a great time chasing squirrels around. It was a little nerve-wracking because he almost caught the squirrels a couple times, and I didn't know what was going to happen. I was like, it's a tetanus shot in our future, a rabies shot in our future, right, because of it's getting really close, and then I realized they just wanted him to feed him, but he didn't know that. But anyway, we were at this party, and it turned out it was also a gender reveal party, which was super fun uh, for the new child that they're having, and I, I love people because they're so funny. What began to gather around behind us was this crowd just that were interested in what was going on. They wanted to be in the know of what was being revealed, right? So much so that the mom and dad were like, what does everyone think it is? And the people in the back that weren't even invited to the party were louder, they're louder than the people at the party. We think it's this, we think it's that. Why? Because people just love to be involved in a, part, in a story, right? They want to be a part of good news. Well, today you're going to hear some good news. The message of Jesus it's good news for all who believe, for all who call on his name. It is good news today. So come on, let's pray and believe that. Let's open our hearts. Let's follow along on our notes. Let's download our app and follow along with what God's gonna speak to us today. But let me pray over this, this time together. God, I'm so thankful for these stories today. I'm so thankful for every story represented here in this place. And God, I'm so thankful that you stepped into our lives right when we needed you. And God, I know you're gonna step into people's lives today as well to show them that you have never given up on them. You truly do care for them. Pray for everyone in this room. They would understand that they belong. They're a part of your family. God, for all our kids right next door, pray they would have an amazing time in church. You'd lift them up and help them know that Jesus loves them and he is their very best friend, even at a young age. And God, we just love you. And we're trusting you today. And God, I'm trusting you from the bottom of my heart today with all the faith I can muster. The Lightning are, to are gonna continue to win onto the repeat of the Stanley Cup. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. Come on, everybody, give me a hearty amen, because we need it. We gotta be the thunder even this far away, all right? That's, I do pray for Tampa sports here, and it is working, like I say, week in and week out. So God answers prayer, as we can see. I'm really excited for this first person who's gonna share their story today. Him and his wife came to our church probably within the last six months, and they've been a blessing ever since they stepped through the front door doing whatever it takes to add value to our church, to serve and, and make a difference. Uh, he stepped in when we needed someone to play drums for us and was such a blessing to our worship team. Him and his wife are such just spirit-filled people who pray for you, who elevate any room that they step into, and they also have the most beautiful little baby girl, only second in beauty to my son, Shepard. Uh, but would you clap your hands, give it up for Mr. Taj Martin as he comes up to share today. Yeah, buddy, go get him. <laughs> Good morning, church. Woo! <laughs> I'm so excited to share my testimony. One thing I believe and I know is that we were all designed to be refined. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, you were designed to be refined? Yes. <laughs> yes, the scripture that God put on my heart when I got asked to share my seven-minute message, it might not be seven minutes, but <laughs> was John 15, 5. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. 
And it says, I am the vine. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. If you are Jesus' disciple, raise your hand. Okay. Yes, he is speaking to you and I. And he's saying, I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. Because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. God really spoke to my heart about this season that I have came out of. And some of you guys may or may not know that my hand was broke. And it's kind of still broke, but um, I'm a lot healed more than I was before. I obviously am not on the drums, but I enjoy playing the drums. Uh, and God had me in a season of rest. And I didn't see it. I didn't know it. I didn't have a clue until my hand broke. And then I had no other choice but to rest. And it was crazy because before that season, I was a youth pastor for a year at this church called Gulf Coast Church. And then I married my wife. That's over there, that beautiful woman over there. And then we had a baby. And all of this in the, in the time span of one year, and it was just so much. And if you know me, you know that I'm on go all the time. Like, I want to get it done. I'm always, you know, moving. I don't really rest. I don't really stop. And, you know, the most rest I can get is probably binge watching on Netflix. I don't know. But what I thought rest was in this past season was getting good sleep. I thought what rest was was just, hey, man, if, if I can just do what I want to do and, you know, maybe I can find rest that way. But God really showed me that true rest is found in him. You know, what Jesus was saying to his disciples was that he was the vine and that we are the branches. And what that means is, is that we must stay connected to the one who gives true rest. For me, when my hand broke, I really had no other choice but to rest. And when I saw the opportunities that were in front of me, God was saying, are you going to choose to run after those opportunities or are you going to choose to abide in me and come and stay connected with me? And so I thought it was just, oh, man, I have to do this. I have to be in the word every day. I have to make it some ritual thing, you know, because, you know, that's just what all Christians do, right? They read their Bibles every day and they pray, right? No, God was saying it's not a have to, it's a get to, because these are the things that he promises. It's fruit. The fruit that he bears in the scripture, it says, if you stay connected to the true vine, if you know about a grapevine, the branches bear much fruit. And the fruit that is promised to us as believers is the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. And these are all the things that I needed as a person. These are all the things that we need as human beings. And so this is just an encouragement to you guys because God did it for me and he can do it for you. And it's simply this, that don't wait till things go up in flames. Don't wait until your hand breaks. Listen, it's not fun. I'm telling you. I mean, listen, my hand broke. Okay. I should have rested. I was still trying to pick my baby up, still trying to watch my baby. And guess what? I go to the hospital and they say, uh, it's actually worse. You need surgery now. And I was like, what? 
man, what should have took me only like two weeks, three weeks to heal, now I got to have surgery? I didn't learn it. It's like the Israelites. What should have took them four weeks or four days took them 40 years. And for me, it was like, man, God, is this what you're showing me? Is this what you're telling me? That true rest is not, not just because, you know, everything's going up in flame. Not just because, you know, hardships come. It's because God wants to have a personal relationship with you and I and us. And so let this be an encouragement to you guys to abide in him because we were all designed to be refined. And you, it's up to you whether you want to allow God to refine you or decline you. Because just like that verse says, those who remain to the branch, those who remain to the vine, they bear much fruit. But those who are apart from him, they are broken and they're thrown aside and burned. So let this be an encouragement. Don't get burned. Allow God to refine you and grow you. Thank you, guys. Yes, man. Thank you so much, Taj. I just echo everything that he was saying. He's a go-getter for sure. Like his picture, we were like, hey, we need some models for our new local march. He was like, I'll be there. And you can see how happy he is uh, right there. But I know God is doing amazing things in his life. And what I love about Taj is one of the constants that happens almost every week is Monday I get a text from him just saying, hey, thanks for what you do. Thanks for leading us and, and pastoring this church. I'm like, thanks, man. I do need that on a Monday morning after a crazy Sunday. But you're just such an, an encouragement to our church, man. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And yes, we were designed to be refined. Because God wants us to make us, make us more like the image of his son, Jesus, and he wants to heal us and restore us and bring us to who we actually were created to be. So if it seems a little rough right now, it's just because God's refining you into who you actually were created to be. It's how you move, you know, to a diamond, right? That's who you are, a, a creation of beauty of, of a son and daughter of God. That is who you are. Man, so good. Well, I'm excited about this next person. That's going to be Sharon. Uh, at the beginning of quarantine last year, obviously my wife, Adrienne, still needed to work somewhere. But she could not work at our house uh, because at that point we had like a two-year-old. If you've ever tried to do any focus work around a two-year-old, it ain't happening. They're banging on the door if they know you're in the office. They're, mommy, let me, sit, you know, let me sit on your lap for no reason at all just because they know you're trying to do something important or not with, that involves them for a moment. So Adrian reached out to someone who we were kind of just meeting a little bit and said, hey, can I come to your house? And they said yes, and it's really grown into an amazing life-giving friendship for her. But this next person has been a blessing to our church as well, has an amazing heart to minister to women, and she's really created such an amazing, empowering environment for our women's ministry here at local church, which is just getting started. And I know a lot of your lives have been impacted and uplifted uh, because of it and inspired by her. So come on, clap your hands for Miss Carson Murray as she shares today. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Yes. <laughs> Hello. Did you, I forgot. Last time I had to correct Ryan. Um, did he say it was two weeks you asked me? Oh, no. Okay, well, she asked me if she could co-work at my house for two weeks. She was like, hey, can I just come over for like two weeks? And then we like rolled into 2021. <laughs> but it was fine because it was the best time, best friendship building. But okay, hi, my name is Carson. And um, so Ryan asked us this like really simple thing. And also this is going to be a loose seven. I'm just going to let you know this is going to be a loose seven minutes. Um, I'm a very, uh, I try to be like long story short, but I'm kind of a long story long type of gal. Um, but Ryan asked us to talk about just this moment in our lives that 
uh, really marked us spiritually, like let us know that God is real. And you would think in the 29 years that I've been alive, and I even just like took a solo trip to DC, and I was like, surely, like I'm gonna find myself during this time. God's gonna like tell me what I'm gonna talk about. And I can very confidently tell you that did not happen. I, so if it's okay with you, I'm going to give you the quick and dirty, just like my story testimony. Is that okay? Okay. All right. And I'm much more, I used to speak in public all the time, but then like COVID happened, we'll add events and stuff. And so it's very weird doing this. I would like wish I was on Instagram live right now. Um, but anyways, okay, so I am a firm believer that there are two types of, like, Christians with testimonies in this world, okay? There are the type that is like, how did you get saved? Like, tell me your story. And they're like, well, one day I was just, like, going through a rough season in life, and I was just like, God, if you're real, show up in my life, right? Just write it on the sidewalk, make it clear. And then one day they're, like, during their bad day, they, like, trip and fall on the sidewalk, and, like, next to them is, like, a Jesus loves you sticker. And then they're just, like, from that point on, they're just like, I gave my life to God. And their story is so simple and beautiful, and I'm not bashing that. I actually wish that was what I could do right now, Um, but I don't have that. What I do have, though, is just a bunch of little moments where God has marked my life. And I think um, a lot of people can resonate to, like, the first version, like the other Christian who's like, yeah, just, like, something major happened. Um, But hopefully this messy story will, like, resonate with you as well. So... We have to go back to seven-year-old little Carson. I was not much taller than this, so it'll be easy for your imagination. But um, I did not come from, like, a Christian family. Like, we didn't go to church. And when we did, it was Catholic church. And sometimes it was, like, an English-speaking Catholic church and also Spanish. Do you remember that? Like, why did we go to that? I don't know. My family's Cuban, like, but, like, we didn't speak Spanish. So, anyway. Um, so didn't grow up in church, but my parents wanted to send us to a private Christian school which was pretty cool. And during that time, we would like do Bible study or um, we went every Wednesday to chapel and we had to wear your, I know you're MPTSD. We had to wear like these dresses, these like, you know, like if anyone's ever been to private Christian school, you know, like on Wednesdays you dress up chapel day. I know it's just like, I don't know why. Um, And for about a year, every Wednesday during chapel, they would ask, you know, like all the kids, do you want to accept Jesus? Like, do you feel like you know what that means? And I don't know if I did, like, if I'm being honest with you, but, like, I kept hearing about it. I was enjoying reading my Bible at school. I was enjoying just all the things that they did there. And I was like, you know what? What's the worst that can happen? You know, like, I'm just, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to see, like, what everyone's so excited about. Like, I remember being seven and thinking that. So I did it. I, like, raised my hand. I, I did it. I remember, like, I was so scared. Like, you know, even at seven, you're scared, but you have, like, a little bit more courage. Um, and... At seven years old, I really do feel like God marked my life and he showed me that he was real, right? Like I didn't really understand it, but I knew it. And then fast forward, I'm getting older, right? And my parents decided that they didn't love us as much anymore and they sent us to public school. Um, which is where, I'm just kidding, they're really great people, but I don't know, I guess three kids in private school is like a lot. Um, and I try not to make them feel bad about it. But I obviously, like, just as kids do, I turned into this little, like, teenage heathen, right? Um, And I remember being at this party. I was at a party, and things were happening. Um, And I remember, like, time just, like, standing still. And I felt like my body wanted to be there and party and do all the things that my friends were doing. But something in my spirit was just like, 
this is not for you. Like, there's something, like, you're created for more than this. Um, and I truly believe that's when God, like, revealed his presence to me. Like, that still small voice. But I was like, shh, I'm trying to, like, you're, like, really just killing the vibe. Like, I'm trying to party. <laughs> so um, fast forward into early adulthood. Okay, we're out of high school. <sighs> We've dated a lot of people, a lot of the wrong people, um, until I found my husband. He's right over there. He's the right one. Um, But dating a lot of the wrong people, and somewhere along the way in early adulthood, I had always struggled with, like, a mood disorder pretty much my whole life, which later I found out was bipolar 2 disorder. But in early adulthood, I developed an eating disorder for, like, four years, um, which really threw me into, like, a pit of depression. Um, And I was just so alone during that time. I didn't want to, like, if you've ever struggled with that, you know, like, you don't really want to be around people, especially when you know, basically everything revolves around food, like every hangout. Um, So I didn't really want to be around people, and I was just really alone. Um, I didn't, like, have much purpose or didn't really see the point of life. Um, But, you know, God revealed to me that um, during that time, he was like, hey, I'm with you. I'm in this with you, right? Like, again, I felt his presence, and he was like, you need community. Like, you're isolating yourself from people. Um, you need community. And at the time I was reading this book, um, having a Mary spirit in a Martha world. Um, and, and it just really showed me the importance of community, the importance of being in community for me, like, with women. So I did something crazy. And I was like, okay, God, you showed me that you're real. You've, like, I've, I've been hearing from you. I haven't, like, really been pursuing you my whole life, but, like, you marked me. You showed me that you're real. I've been hearing from you. But I can't do this on my own, right? So I did something wild. I'm, I'm, an, I'm kind of an extrovert, but, like, looking back, I'm like, that was weird. Um, I just, like, put on Facebook, like, oh, back when we used Facebook, okay? Um, but I was on Facebook. I don't think we had Instagram at that time. Um, and I was like, hey, um, I want to start, like, a women's Bible study at my local Starbucks. Like, if you want to go, just, like, comment. So weird, I know. Um, but then, you know, women started showing up, and I started making friends, and, you know, they were, like, a little further along in their walk, or maybe they were, like, wanting to figure out this whole Jesus thing, too. And um, they really showed me what it was like, and they encouraged me, and we encouraged one another to pursue Christ, and it was so cool. Um, and then, fast forward a little later, uh, You know, I'm married, and I went through the most difficult time in my life to date. It was just like a point in time that marked my life. It was like a, it was like a point in time that you don't, you might have been there, like you just don't think you're going to come back from. Um, And even though I had been through so much, God had shown me that He was real. He had revealed His Spirit to me, and like He was speaking to me at points in time, even when I wasn't like pursuing Him wholeheartedly. Like, how cool is that? You know, like all you have to do is invite Him in. And he's not pushy, and he, like, speaks to you and guides you and protects you. It's really cool. Um, and so, you know, I just thought I was in a deep, deep, dark just place. And I remember um, feeling so far from him that I was like, all right, God, like, because of the choices I've made, I have to say bye to you. Like, I really felt like my sin was going to separate me from him to a point where, like, I had to step out of that relationship with him. And that's when he kind of showed up and he was like, Psst, like, that's not how this works. Like, I don't know if you know, but um, he revealed to me that no matter what kind of choices I make, he'll never leave me or forsake me. Um, and I'm doing like last time I was, you know, I'm doing way better. Just going to shout out, shout out myself. Um, but the main, <laughs> the 
main point is that you might not have a pivotal moment. Like, I feel like some people wait for their moment, right? They're like, you know, I'm gonna keep going to church because people tell me I should keep going to church. And like, there's gonna be one church service where I'm like, all right, like, you know, this is my time. This is my time to either start or restart a relationship with God. And I wanna tell you that if you go through enough stuff, or if you live enough life with God, there might not just be one moment that you're waiting for, but a bunch of small moments that reveal more and more of him, right? Like, we're never just going to arrive at a point where we're like, okay, I know everything there is to know about God in this relationship with him. That's what life is about, is that you get to live out your story and share it with other people. So, I know you might be like, okay, well, like, what does it look like when I step into this relationship with God or if I restart this, you know, journey with God? And I don't know because it's your story. But what I would encourage you and say that it's a lot better if you just do it with him. Because even when you're not choosing him, not following him, not in the best place spiritually, if you will, right? I don't want to speak Christianese up here. Um, But he's always with you, and he's always a part of your story, and he'll always protect you and lead you and guide you. Amen? All right. (laughs) Thank you so much, Carson. That is so powerful. It's so powerful to know that, that God will never leave you or forsake you, and he's with you every step of the way. The version of you that God loves the most is whatever version of you is sitting right here in this room. God loves you as much as he possibly can right now in this moment. He'll never love you any less or any more because he is that truly good of a heavenly father. And just like Carson's story, man, one step at a time. I remember going to private school and getting saved as a very little kid. I was five years old. I was in timeout. They were even at the church, at the school I was going to, they were telling five year olds, hey, you better believe in Jesus or you're going to hell. And at five years old, I'm like, I definitely don't want that. So in timeout, I was like, okay, Jesus, I don't want to go to hell as a five year old. Don't want to be in timeout the rest of my life. Uh, but it was amazing how those moments, just like Carson was saying, build on each other, right? It started a foundation that would never go away. Even though really my relationship with Jesus started much later in life. Man, it's the foundations that we build. One story, one chapter, one page at a time. So wherever you're at, man, God does not leave you. He does not forsake you. Follow the journey moment to moment. And man, it's gonna be an amazing thing. And you can get up here and share your testimony and help other people overcome because what God has done. Well, our final person sharing today is one of my most favorite people that I've gotten a chance to meet over this uh, couple year journey of local church. This guy and his wife, they bleed local church, man. They are at everything that we do. They serve here so faithfully. But what they've even done even more is really open their home and open up their relationship uh, to encourage and empower other people. Uh, What you'll see really quickly is that there's marriages in this church that are better because of this guy and his wife. There are people that are getting married this year because of the influence of this guy and his wife, because they just open their house. They invite him over to their little hotel bed and breakfast kind of thing that they do. It's really nice. <laughs> and they just pray, pray for people. They encourage you. They lift you up because they know, again, what God's done in their life. And you're going to hear what God's done in this man's life. And, and I know it's going to encourage you. And man, this is one of, the, one of the backbone pillars of local church from the things that we get to do and what's made possible. So come on, would you clap your hands and welcome Mr. Paul Sidon as he comes and shares today. Ah, yes. <laughs> Thank you. That was nice welcome. Appreciate that. And hello out there to everybody online. I hope I have some family members watching me right now. Maybe my son in Atlanta catching a fly ball in the outfield, listening in on his earbuds. 
Uh, <clears throat> all right, all right. Um, and this is, this, uh, for those of you that haven't watched the Chosen series, I'm, I'm uh, hyping Chosen TV, you know, The Chosen, binge watch The Chosen, it's good. It's helped me. <clears throat> so unlike, you know, bringing a Bible up or a phone, I got written out notes here. So I'm going to, um, you know, it's hard opening up yourself personally, right? Because I'm exposing some hurt here. So bear with me as I get through this story. So who here has ever been angry? Yep. Amen. Thank you. So I was an angry person. It's something I learned at home, at work. I was a product of my environment. <clears throat> it affected me deeply, and I poured that anger out on those closest to me, my wife, my family, my children. I'll start right away with uh, a scripture verse, Ephesians 4.27, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. And that's so true. It became a spiritual warfare battle. I learned how to be quite sarcastic. And let me share a definition of sarcasm. Use of irony to mock and convey contempt. I thought I was being funny, not realizing I was actually hurting other people and that contempt is relationship killer. I struggled at times just to do complete tasks with friends or family members without trying to impose my will and getting angry over dropping a screwdriver or whatever it may be. My brother and I just, he just helped me replace a kitchen faucet and at the end of it, he's like, wow. It's like, that went a lot smoother than I thought. We didn't have an argument over a tool or anything. Uh, I mean, it's true. It's, it's true and it's painful at times of how things, how I grew up, you know, but there was a part of me that said, what if all these things happened for me and not to me? I also lost my identity and never knew what it was. It changed each season of my life, child, student, athlete, employee, spouse, father, coach, each season of my life. Oh, this is who I am. This is who I am. My kids move out. You know, going to college, moving on with their lives. It's my wife and I alone. Is this a good thing? Yes. Yes, she's over there. It's, it, it turned out to be a good thing, but I questioned it for a moment or two. <clears throat> I didn't like who I was becoming. There were times I could not control my anger. Then there was a time I kept hearing a voice that I needed to start involving God in my life. I tried going to a couple different religious services, but nothing felt right. Then one of my daughters, Lisa right here, started attending a church and leading worship. And then she asked Lori to go. Why Lori before me? I don't know still, but it all worked out. Lori started attending the church. Uh, I started going there and it was exciting with my daughter leading the worship. It, it felt good. Then at some time thereafter, I didn't like what was happening at this church and I was feeling oppressed and depressed, but I stayed to be with my wife and daughter. Eventually, I thought I was protecting them from the toxicity by staying. As Pastor Ryan was sharing recently uh, this month on mental health issues, and again, thank you for that. Um, a tough thing to talk about, but I ended up feeling a bit like Elijah and asked God to take my life. I was ruminating, new word for me, ruminating on self-doubt. I was losing the spiritual warfare battle. I was in the, unable to process feelings in a healthy way. I was feeling, and I couldn't even explain it to Lori, what, 
was going on. She thought something was the matter with me, but I just couldn't digest, process, express how I was feeling, and it felt so painful. But then God wasn't done with me. I chose to enter, to leave that church, which was a challenge, and started attending a different church before I found local, just to be clear. <clears throat> I then had a couple of God encounters in a fairly short period of time. God encounters kind of stealing from past, uh, preaching from Pastor Ryan here. So I was attending this new church, and one of my first visits there, the song Reckless Love started playing as part of the worship service. And if you haven't listened to worship, uh, Reckless Love, download it on your phone and listen. Tears were streaming down my face. I realized I was the, the, the one that God wanted to leave the other 99 behind for. Matthew 18, 12, if a man has 100 sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out and search for the one that is lost? How powerful. I was the lost one. Shortly thereafter, I joined the men's Bible study, prayer group. This helped me realize the importance of community, as Karsten was talking about. You cannot transform alone. I started to feel a cloud lift off of me. I found a version Bible plan on how to pray, and it was the acronym PRAY, praise, repent, ask, and yield, trying to listen to God's voice. I started dropping to my knees to pray for well over a month, and one night after I went to bed at about 3 in the morning, don't ask me why God talks at 3 in the morning, but he does, he woke me up and said, read Psalms 40. I'm like, Okay, I grabbed my Bible, or I probably grabbed my phone instead, you know, open up the Bible app. Psalms 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I learned at this time I needed to build my own relationship with Christ. You cannot have this relationship through someone else, as Pastor Ryan was saying earlier. I was trying to have it through former pastors, through my wife. It, it wasn't working for me. I've been learning that it takes more strength to restrain yourself than it does to respond when it comes to anger. Restraining myself, I just feel like my body is shaking and trembling. I change my attitude to gratitude. I'm doing my best not to allow other people to make me angry, except those that cut me off driving around. You know, a lot of that happens. So community, so powerful. It takes risk to be vulnerable and transparent. It takes bravery. That is the only way to victory and freedom. I learned as our worship team was singing this morning, I am a child of God who's loved. God redeemed me, restored me, humbled me, made me into the man he wanted me to be. Nothing can satisfy but God and Christ. There's always hope. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 31, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And then I'll close with this for those that have maybe seen those progressive commercials about the older parents, you know, and 
the guy's trying to train them. Oh, you don't need these signs. Throw them out. Lori and I are that older couple that keeps the signs around. And here's one of my favorites. Not all storms come to disrupt your life. Some come to clear a path. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Paul. So good. So good, man. Come on, give me a shout. Clap your hands for all the people that share today. So good, man. It's so good. It's a big thing to get up and be vulnerable and talk about your story. But, but what's amazing about it, nothing connects to us more, right? That it's not necessarily knowledge that we need more of sometimes. It's some, not more study. Sometimes it's, oh, that's, I'm walking through that same thing. And if, if you can get through it, maybe I can get through it. If, if God can show up in your story, maybe he will show up in mine, and that promise is true. What I love, again, is no one can argue where God has brought you from to what he's done in your life now. If I were to give a hundred, if you were to give me a hundred words to describe Paul, anger would never be one of them. But that's something he walked through a long time in his life. But when you, just like he said, when you pray, when you ask and yield, God actually does a miraculous work. I wanted to share a, a quick story just of someone from our church who's going through a really difficult time right now and they said, yeah, it's a crazy season right now. There's a lot of moments that we're stressed and we don't know what's gonna happen and we're getting all these reports and she said, you know, one of the, one of the reports that we got, the person literally just told us that, hey, you, no matter what, I guess you gotta have hope right now. Like, all the bad news you're receiving, no matter what, you gotta have hope. And, and they messaged me saying my first reaction was, yeah, I have hope because hope has a name. And that name is Jesus. It's not a feeling or an emotion that comes and goes. It's a person that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's a person that never leaves me or forgets about me or forsakes me. So of course, no matter how dark it gets, I always have hope and there is always hope because there is always Jesus here in our life to let us know that we are not lost, we are found, we are not broken, we are redeemed and healed and set free. And what I was telling first service about these three testimonies that we can overcome now knowing and building on is that we didn't get together and say, okay, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm talking about this. Okay, cool. Let's see if we can figure out a common theme. It just happened naturally. It happens every time we do this. There's a common theme in what's talked about. And what it was is that God cares about the one. He cares so much about you that he wants you to slow down and rest because you're moving too fast for your own good. You're outrunning God with the pace of life that you're in. And he wants you to slow down and just to know that he's with you, he's for you. You don't have to try so hard. You don't have to try and achieve so much. God loves you as who you are. You're his son and daughter. It's, the, it's for those of us that maybe are waiting for that one moment where we do pull out into the street and there's a big truck that says, hey, God loves you. Give your life to him. Oh, thanks God, I was waiting for that sign. No, it's because God's not about that. God's about the everyday journey because he knows at some point you're not gonna need another sign. Even Jesus said this, you don't need another sign. You need to know that I've come here for you, to be in relationship with you. Maybe for some, for some of us, we're waiting for God to call down from heaven and answer that prayer and say, hey, here I am. And that may not be it. Maybe your story is like the one of, you know, I've just always heard about God from a young age. and Like he's just always been there for me. And you know what, if I were, if I were to really be honest, I think God's really protected me from a lot of things. And I just want to completely surrender to him and say yes to him. Maybe you have lost your identity. Maybe you're giving into these things that are just destroying you from the inside out. Well, I want you to know today God wants you to give, give he wants to give you a new identity. That's one of son and daughter, first and foremost. That he is proud of you, that he loves you. 
that you can overcome the enemy in your life, you can overcome the darkness in your life, number one, first and foremost, because of the sacrifice of Jesus and that he is alive today. Always wanna remind you, this is not some religious game we're playing. These are not motivational TED Talks that we're talking about. These are real God encounter, divine Son of God relationships that we have, that the Son of God is alive and with us today. Whether you're here or watching online, this is about relationship. It's beautiful and it's powerful. And God simply is waiting with open arms to invite us in to say, hey, I've always been with you. Your story matters. Don't give up on this page. Don't stop reading on this chapter. Don't shut the book now because there's so much more to be written. And man, Jesus promises us that he wants to give us life and life to the full. You know, the title of these Sundays is something that changed my life, but we know at local church, it's not something it's someone, and that someone has a name, and that name is Jesus. If I were to tell you one of the things I try and live by as a pastor, it's the fact that Jesus stepped into my life when I was insecure, not confident about anything of who I was, and he showed me that I was his son, who he created with potential and purpose to impact this world. But now I know humbly that I'm just this. I'm just a nobody telling anybody about the somebody that changed my life. And that's what we live for, that we realize before Jesus, we're nobody. We're still nobody inside of Jesus. But we'll tell anybody about the fact that this somebody healed us, restored us, put this out of the pit when we felt like giving up, when we felt like shutting the story and not writing one more word. There is a somebody who stepped into our life and we have a name that we call him and that name is Jesus because the Bible tells us that anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved, forgiven, and set free. That is what the power in today is all about. That's why we can triumph and overcome. We want you to be encouraged today to overcome and know God's with you. Your story matters, and it's changing the world. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we begin? Thank you so much for joining us on The Local Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to local church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to local.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.